This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. The Parental Rights in Children's Education Act has passed out of a Senate committee on Wednesday and will be debated on the Senate floor for a vote in the future. The Senate Finance and Taxation Education Committee held a public hearing this week on the bill, despite the fact that a public hearing was already held last week in another Senate committee. However, there was no vote that was held by the committee chairman to move it forward to the Senate floor. The Price Act would create education savings accounts for students that, once a person is determined eligible for, their parents will be allotted just under $7,000 of education tax revenue. The families can then apply that money to school tuition and fees if they choose to move their student to a different school from the one in their district. Committee Chairman Arthur Orr and the bill's sponsor, State Senator Larry Stutz, will be hammering out an amendment on capping the expenditures at $50 million before this bill heads to the Senate floor. Opponents to the bill include the local school superintendents, the Alabama Education Association, the Council for Leaders in Alabama, and the school superintendents of Alabama. Those who support the Price Act are the Heritage Foundation, the Reason Foundation, the Eagle Forum of Alabama, and the Alabama Policy Institute. A bill has passed the Alabama House that would prevent Chinese citizens as well as the Chinese government and other large entities from that country from purchasing land here in the state. The bill is being sponsored by House Majority Leader Scott Stadhagen, who says his bill would allow Chinese entities to lease the land in Alabama, but they would not be able to own it. Stadhagen says that foreign countries now own 1.4 million acres here in the state of Alabama and that due to the military bases throughout the state, his bill would provide protection. Democratic state lawmakers are opposed to the bill, saying it would affect the economy and prevent business expansion by Chinese-owned companies that are already established in the state. The bill now heads to the Alabama Senate for further processing. Well, the uproar that was caused on the Alabama House floor by Birmingham lawmaker Wandalyn Gavan continues even further. Now the co-director for the Alabama Republican Party Outreach Coalition, Belinda Thomas, is speaking out against the Democratic vice chairwoman, Tabitha Eisner. That's because Eisner refused to condemn Gavan after she used lyrics from a Jay-Z hip-hop song to imply the N-word against fellow Black House colleague Kenneth Pascal. Eisner indicated that it's okay for two Black people to use that word. Thomas says, as a Black woman, she was not only outraged by the racial attack on Pascal, but even more upset by the Alabama Democratic Party defending the use of a racial slur against an elected official. Thomas says it's never okay to belittle or attack a person using such a term, and she called on the state Democratic party to condemn the racial attack from Gavan. The Drug Enforcement Administration out of Mobile is confirming to news agencies that a drug known as Trank is being mixed in with other illegal drugs that they're finding on the streets. Trank involves fentanyl and xylazine put together. It's considered the deadliest drug threat to the country, according to the DEA. Michael Burt with the Mobile DEA told WKRG News that drug dealers are using the xylazine as a cutting agent in order to make their drug profits go further. Xylazine is used for tranquilizing large animals and has the side effects of skin lesions as well as vascular constriction. Narcan has almost no effect on someone who has taken xylazine and is experiencing effects. It's considered far more deadly than even fentanyl. An eighth grader in Walker County took action at Oakman Middle School earlier this week when one student showed up with a firearm and was showing it to another. 14-year-old Alyssa Harbin saw the gun and was even threatened by that student. She spoke about it with WIAT News. I really didn't think anything of it until he threatened me and said he was going to shoot me right in between my eyes. I was 
very happy that I did say something because he could have done anything and shot up our school or did anything like shot me or anyone else. I mean, he threatened me and two other kids to shoot us, so he could have easily done that. So I'm just very glad he did it. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, Title 42, which are COVID policies applied to border crossers, has officially ended today. Now the Biden administration is administering a new rule when it comes to those who are seeking asylum in the U.S. Those showing up at the border and crossing over cannot do so without first applying online or seeking protection within the country that they traveled through in order to get to the U.S.-Mexico border. The rule has been in development since February and will take effect this Thursday. It will be applied to families, not minors who are traveling alone. There is also a plan coming from within the Biden administration to open up 100 regional migration hubs in order to process these asylum claims. Meanwhile, the former director of the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, known as ICE, is speaking to the Epic Times, saying that the southern border crisis has now surpassed the national security threat brought on by the 9-11 terrorist attack on the U.S. Tom Homan says that even when Title 42 was in place, the Biden administration released pretty much everybody that came across the border anyways. Homan says 1.4 million gotaways have already made it into the U.S., and many of them are criminals and suspected terrorists. He says in reality, that number is likely triple or more since the illegal migrants were not tracked by any drone sensor or camera. Homan became a Border Patrol agent back in 1984 and was appointed to head up the ICE agency during the Trump administration. Well, the U.S. House Oversight Committee held a major press conference on Wednesday in which the results of a five-month investigation into bank records and other documents reveals the extent to which the Biden family was influence peddling while Joe Biden was a U.S. senator and then vice president. Chairman James Comer started out with an overview of their findings. The committee is concerned by the complicated, suspicious network of over 20 companies we have identified the Bidens and their associates used to enrich themselves. Most of these companies were limited liability companies formed during Joe Biden's vice presidency. The bank records show the Biden family, their associates, and their companies received over $10 million from foreign nationals and their companies. Some of that money came from a Chinese company and went to Hunter Biden's company. Other transfers occurred with the help of Rob Walker, who then sent it on to different Biden family members. This is not how lawful businesses operate. Congresswoman Nancy Mace of North Carolina says this has nothing to do with politics. And we want uh, everyone held accountable if they have they have violated their oath of office. Um, we shouldn't have folks that are in office that are betraying their oath of office. We shouldn't have people in office that are betraying their country. If they're paying loads of cash to their family members from adversaries of ours around the world, it's wrong, whether you have a, a Republican or a Democrat by your name. Florida Congressman Byron Donalds summarized how all of this corruption at high levels of government is not in any way how normal business is done. And as somebody who actually worked in banking, I did that long before I came here. Whenever there was like this many companies just laying all over the place and you see wire transfers and cashier checks over here going to random members of the family for no apparent purpose at the size and velocity at which all of this was being conducted, the only logical conclusion of a financial professional is you are concealing money. Let me restate this. You are concealing money from either the IRS or from credit agencies or from other people in general. That's the only reason you set up a structure like this. Uh, but that being said, the bottom line is 
There is no real business here. None. And let me also say this, because I know there are many in this room who wanted to go down all the various um, schemes that our colleagues on the other side of the aisle accused the former president of. Be very clear. The former president actually had a business, very big business. You could say it was his name. You could say it was his buildings. You could say it was wine. You could say it was branding. You could say it was The Apprentice. But he had a very big and legitimate business, which everybody in this room clearly knows and understands and can point to and say, ah, that's the thing, that thing over there. Joe Biden has no business except his position in politics. And it is the requirement of this committee to investigate that. We're going to continue to do that, and we're going to let the facts speak for themselves. Well, you may have noticed this week that the mainstream media made a massive effort to completely ignore the findings of the House Oversight Committee when it comes to Joe Biden. But on the same day, they made a major deal about the Wednesday arrest of a New York congressman. So the Daily Detail is not going to ignore political corruption wherever it may be found, and that includes Republican George Santos. Santos is facing charges of money laundering, wire fraud, false statements to Congress, and theft of public funds. He was arraigned in a federal court in New York on Wednesday. Santos was elected to office in 2022 and last year faced a barrage of allegations of claims that he made on his resume that turned out to be complete fabrications. A media outlet in Tennessee filed a lawsuit this week to make public the manifesto of the transgender shooter who targeted a Christian school in Nashville, shooting and killing six people, including three children. The Star News Network is asking that a district court judge also declare that the FBI is violating the Freedom of Information Act by denying the many media requests for those documents to be made public. The lawsuit points out that the shooter, Audrey Hale, is dead and no longer is a threat to the public, and there is no criminal prosecution underway behind which the FBI can claim that these documents must remain secret. The Democratic primary challenger to Joe Biden is taking on the increase in deadly mass shootings. Robert Kennedy Jr. is linking the increase in violence to the increase in prescription drugs at the behest of big pharmaceutical companies. RFK Jr. spoke on the Mark Stein program. Nobody is looking at the pharmaceutical contribution to that. Anecdotally, it appears that almost every one of these shooters were on SRIs or some other psychiatric drug. And, you know, this is only happening in America where all these people are, you know, are are taking these psychiatric drugs. We take four times as many as any other country. Something happened prior to the introduction of Prozac. Those shootings just were, were almost unknown. And now they're, you know, they're an everyday affair. And But NIH will not study that because it will offend the pharmaceutical industry. And it's something that, you know, we ought to be studying. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 